Welcome back to the Mel K Show. Uh, a couple years ago, my guest today uh, decided that she wasn't going to sit around and uh, wait for the world to change. She was going to do it herself. And since then, she has made a big difference uh, out there. And I am honored again to have on Bobby Ann Cox. Thank you for joining me, my friend. Thank you for having me on again, Mel. It's great to be here. Oh, God, it has been a journey. I remember when we first started talking a couple years ago, maybe even a little more, and you were out there and you just said, I'm not going to sit around and do nothing. And at, since that time, a lot of people have uh, stepped up. Um, but I think you've been a huge inspiration. You certainly have to me and my audience. So uh, before we get into everything that you've been doing, which is incredible, uh, maybe just tell a little bit about um, where you were and then how you decided to, uh, you weren't going to do it. You weren't going to let this happen in America and the law and, uh, the judicial system meant something to you. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, a few years ago, um, really my, my law practice was based in, um, property tax, certiorari, um, real estate law. Uh, I was dealing with municipalities on the local level, trying to assist private clients in getting their property taxes more leveled, uh, more even, and um, fighting against unjust property assessments. And so that was my world. Um, And I had been doing that for, you know, 20 something years. Um, And when COVID hit in March of 2020, I, I, you know, Andrew Cuomo said, oh, you know, two weeks to flatten the curve. Everybody stay home, shut everything, you know. And and I was like, whoa, whoa, ho, ho, wait a minute, guys. No way. The, the governor doesn't have the power to do this, number one. And number two, like, you know, the Constitution, we have rights. Like, this is, people were, I mean, people were following his orders because they were scared. But, you know, people were also being very severely hurt by what he was telling them to do because it didn't last for two weeks right I mean it lasted right. for months oh it was awful yeah. it was it was incredible and because my my forte was real estate law people were reaching out to me and saying like well hang on a second you know I, I can't pay my bills because number one everything's closed I have to close my I had to close my business or I, I'm not allowed to leave my house to go to work um because not everybody works, you know, in corporate America and can do everything right. through Zoom, right? So right. the people who work in the service industries, you know, um, restaurant owners or uh, hair salons or spas or, you know, um, sports coaches and, you know, all, all these people couldn't work and couldn't make money. So they were losing their properties. They right. couldn't pay their rents. Oh, yeah. They couldn't pay their mortgages. They couldn't, you know. And then the CDC with the eviction moratorium nationwide basically told tenants they didn't have to pay rent anymore. Wrong branch of government, first of all. The Center for Disease Control is an agency in the executive branch of the federal government. They can't make laws. I mean, that is reserved for Congress. But here they were telling tenants, well, you can't get evicted. So, you know, a lot of tenants stopped paying their rent and landlords were going under. They were going belly up because most landlords in the United States of America are mom and pop shops and they live in one part of their property. They rent out the other part. You know, I mean, these are small businesses for these people. Mm -hmm. And they were reaching out to me. What can I do? I'm going to lose my property. I I still have to pay my taxes and my mortgage and the maintenance on the property. And my tenants stopped paying rent because the government told them they they won't get evicted. So I just saw this crazy insanity. And I was like, no, 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 this, this is not okay. Um, People are losing their life savings. They're desperate for help. And I need to help them somehow. And I just started speaking out, trying to educate people on what their rights are, what the government can and cannot do, what does the constitution say? Um, And then, you know, I was giving speeches and a a citizens group formed, Uniting New York State, and um, they brought to my attention this regulation that the governor and her Department of Health had created, Rule 2.13, which was isolation and quarantine orders at whim, 
And I read it and I said, oh, there's no way this is legal. There, there's no way that this is constitutional. And <clears throat> I said, I, I have to strike this down. This is, this was the most totalitarian thing I have ever read in 25 years of practicing law. And you don't even have to be a lawyer to read this thing and think, what country are we in where they can pick you out of your house with the force of police, put you into a detention center of their choosing for however long they want with no proof that you're sick, no proof you've been exposed to a communicable disease, no process for you to get out of quarantine once you're in there. I mean, it was like, really out of a dictator's rule book. Yeah. So I, I brought a lawsuit last year and, you know, we won the court struck it down and said, absolutely not. This is not, this is not a power that the governor and the department of health have. Um, and my plaintiffs, Senator George Borrello, who you've had on your show before, um, Assemblyman Chris Taig, yeah. Congressman Mike Lawler, um, and the Citizens Group Uniting New York State, you know, we were so glad that the judge had obviously not just the knowledge, but had the courage to make a ruling like that and strike down this regulation that the governor and the Department of Health had made. But of course, the governor appeals. Um, and this year, I spent most of the year fighting the appeal against the attorney general. And um, just about two weeks ago, the Court of Appeals, uh, I'm sorry, the um, Fourth Department Appellate Division ruled against us and said, you don't have standing to bring this lawsuit. Wow. Is amazing because- Standing, you are the people. (laughs) First of all, you are the people, right? So you should be able to say, wait a minute, you're breaking the constitution, you're- you're violating your constitutional duties and powers. But second of all, I have a group of New York state legislators. You're trying to tell a group of New York state legislators they don't have the right to bring a lawsuit when they feel the other branch of government has usurped their powers. Of course they have a right to bring a lawsuit (laughs) And challenge them in court and say, you've, you've stepped over the line, get back yeah. in your lane. It, it's, it's a horrible decision and, and we are appealing it, but you know, I mean, there's no guarantee how the appeal is going to go. I mean, it, it's, it's unbelievable that we're even in this place right now. Yeah. I can't even believe it. And people have to understand, first of all, Letitia James is spending all her time trying to take down Donald Trump in the most ridiculous, uh, Talk about no standing. There's no there's no victim and all all the supposed victims are coming on the stand being like, we're not victims. And and they're still going. We have a very corrupt judge down there. I mean, more and more comes out about the New York courts as it is, uh, as being basically, you know, uh, tools to uh, further an agenda rather than to uh, uphold law and the Constitution. And uh, this really shook up everyone, because the truth is that what you are fighting is actually being trying to be instilled worldwide and people are starting i mean they they were when when we first talked about it a couple years ago but people all over the world are starting because of your lawsuit to see if that kind of uh overreach and unconstitutional many nations there are not that but this idea that the government can put you in quarantine for any reason and now they've redefined now everyone's saying the who is the is the overall you know they get to make the decisions for every nation basically ceding the sovereignty and people are going along with it and we're seeing this happen what you're talking about is actually happening in australia in germany in uh in other places that you know used to be all over the eu and and also you you when you first came on the show you talked about the slippery slope of what they're saying in in that quarantine bill has now also transferred over to they can throw you in quarantine if they don't like what you're saying online I mean, so much or or jail now at this point. So what you what you began fighting and you were still fighting is actually just the whole totalitarian takeover of the government in little steps, little, you know, little pieces. They're doing it incrementally. And um, Hochul seems to be one of the worst. I don't even understand. Uh, first of all, 
whatever's happening with her, I feel like it's every few weeks she does something that is totally not in her power, totally unconstitutional, unchecked. And um, so now you have to appeal this. But I want people to understand that the redefinition of pandemic means not only in in what you're fighting, they don't even have to define it. They don't have to prove it. They don't have to do that. But now they're adding systematic racism. They're adding gun violence. They're adding all kinds of different things as defined as pandemics. So this is just getting, uh, as we go into 2024 and we see a lot of this stuff going on, it's getting more important that people support that lawsuit, but also that get the information on that. Um, and you then have gone down this um, this path where you're seeing more and more things that are uh, as egregious. So now we're on that lawsuit and that's going, the next step with that is what? It goes back to the appeals court or is there New York Supreme Court? What's the next step with that case? Yeah, so the, the final stop would be the Court of Appeals, which is the highest court in New York. York State. Um, it is a panel of judges. They sit in Albany, and um, there are seven on the panel. Uh, like the appellate division, they are all appointed by governors. Um, so the appellate division, where I was just arguing this appeal against the uh, Letitia James, the attorney general, um, that was a panel of five judges, and um, all appointed by a governor. So on on my specific panel, I had two. Cuomo appointees, two Hochul appointees, and one Pataki appointee. Um, and now the Court of Appeals is seven judges and uh, again, all appointed. So, you know, our in New York State, our trial court judges, which is the first court that you go to in litigation, yeah. those are elected judges. Um, but after that, they're appointed, which, you know, people yeah. are are really getting upset that we are not electing all levels of judges in New I York agree. state because, you know, the judges are just as important as, you know, who is your governor? Who is your state senator? Who is your state assembly member? Judges are just as important. If not more, um, we're learning. <laughs> if not more. Now, let me ask you, um, they, they rejected the case because of standing, not because of the case itself, which is, you know, that's not their job. I don't think, I think their job is to look at, that it's constitutional or not constitutional and rule on that. A lot of people don't realize a lot of the election fraud cases as well were dismissed on standing. People say, oh, the election fraud was all debunked. No, a lot yeah. of judges refuse to even look at it. And we don't yeah. know if it's because of fear, ideology or whatever, but it's very sad that it's splitting between uh, tyranny and freedom is splitting between Democrat and Republican. It's very strange because I don't think it's about that. And I would think that a lot of these democratically uh, elected or appointed officials, which when they're appointed, you don't know what's behind the scenes there, that it wouldn't matter what what party you define, whether if you have Trump derangement syndrome, which seems to be a bigger problem than anything else, it would matter that you individually believe that. And this standing thing, it seems like it seems like the wimpy way out. Whenever I see these these rejections because of standing, I think that that, that that's dereliction of duty. <laughs> then tell us why, you know, did the standing thing seem, I mean, when you got that back, weren't you like, how can they give us no explanation? How can they give the people, the legislature, you, you're working with people that were elected. Right. Yeah. So their decision is, it wasn't very long. It was just a few pages long. And they basically just said, well, you know, we don't think your plaintiffs have standing. Here's why. And they said nothing, not one sentence about the merits of the case, wow. um, which, which you know, they really couldn't. I mean, the merits of the case are very clear. It is the wrong branch of government. The governor and the Department of Health cannot make a regulation like that. And it, it obviously, it was already struck down last year by a I lower know. court judge, right? So um, it, it was almost like, well, we're gonna completely ignore what the lower court judge said. We're going to completely ignore your everything you wrote in your brief. My brief was like, you know, 60 or 70 pages long that I submitted to the appellate court. And <clears throat> excuse me. And they were just like, well, you know what? We can't we can't even get to the merits because your plaintiffs don't have standing. They don't have a right to bring the lawsuit. And oh. it is very upsetting because you're going against the will of the people of New York State. 
you I know, think the and, will of the people on planet Earth, they are saying that they can throw you and Hulk and you won. And then Hokel and Letitia James appealed this. This is a bigger picture, I think, I think, uh, question here, because what there's you would think that they're human beings to these judges and that they have families and that they have friends and that they would understand that this affects everyone in their personal lives as well. If Letitia James, who is who we are watching being as unethical and vengeful and angry and with full of hatred uh, and that judge that she's working with against Trump, just the Trump cases alone, watching Letitia James and thinking, so you're allowing uh, that woman to decide for whatever reason that you can put somebody in a quarantine camp. And I remind everyone not to be dramatic, but uh, Auschwitz was a quarantine camp. You know, we don't know what levels we're talking about here for any reason. Like people have to understand they're saying for any reason without without cause and without an out and without advocacy or anything. And what scares me the most is that what I am watching and what I am seeing is a weaponized uh, NSA, a weaponized FBI. I'm starting to see and hear because I've covered extensively the climate stuff and a cop 28 that they want to start enforcing like some kind of climate justice. I mean, there's so much going on. That that statute that you're fighting is so dangerous. And, and we're watching, you know, people, the January 6 cases, there's so much evidence that these people, most of them were innocent, at very least, you know, get, should have gotten a fine, you know, the, the, any, some of them that went inside, maybe. Um, but it's very dangerous because I don't know what's coming up, but I do know that the FBI as uh, is totally rogue. And they've put out a whole list of things that make somebody now not just a domestic terrorist, but on some kind of anti-government, anti-authority, a new task force, which seems like it's very much about anyone that supports Donald Trump. We also saw last week this Jack Smith. It's completely insane what, what this guy's asking for. He asked for all the Twitter followers that liked or retweeted Donald Trump to put on some kind of list. And it's like, I mean, the the magnitude of what you're talking about could be used for any of that. Yeah. So this regulation that we are fighting over, it really is a pure authoritarian uh, power grab. It it gives the Department of Health uh, at the state level and, and, and at the local levels, because they can then disseminate this power to the local level of, of you know, Department of Health, um, the power to pick and choose which New Yorkers they're going to lock up or lock down. Now, they could lock you down in your house or they could remove you from your house. But, you know, I want people to understand First of all, there's a list, a long list. This is not just about COVID. There's a right. long list of diseases that they have related to this, you know, the Department of Health has created related to this. And there are a lot of communicable diseases on that list, but there are also diseases that are not communicable on that list. For example, toxic shock syndrome is on the list. Okay, so somebody needs to draw me a picture on how toxic shock syndrome is communicable, okay? Oh um, Lyme disease is on that list. What? Botulism. Oh. Botulism is food poisoning. And, and that's on the list. I mean, so we are talking about things that are absolutely not communicable, even though they're calling them highly contagious communicable mm. diseases. I mean, the, think about it. The common cold is also highly communicable. Right. <laughs> you know? right. And now we're seeing, I mean, people have seen it all over, but we're seeing them conflate, which I knew was going to happen because I've been reporting on, on this for now five years. They're conflating climate with, with health. So now, now there's all kinds of climate things that they're calling or, you know, somewhere. And, and at this point, it's like somewhere that there's um, that the water might be contaminated. Everyone around that area could be considered, you know, in danger of some sort. I mean, the way that they now are, and I see the World Health Organization doing it, but also our CDC, FDA, NIH, they're all, they're, they're, they're now redefining what, what health is. The health is no longer, health now includes um, also 
all of this racism stuff. So they're 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 passing all this stuff, and now they're saying that those are also included. I, I ask people constantly to please go look at YouTube's new. Um, World Health Organization uh, collaboration and what the World Health Organization is calling disinformation, misinformation, because this transfers over because I think it's a very slippery slope and what you're dealing with to um, now it's not that you have to be sick, but that you're questioning anything. It, it, it's, it's really, really very terrifying. And I don't understand these judges. Let me ask you something, because this is something a lot of people don't understand and I think is really important for the people. God willing, we take our power back and uh, we stand up and we get behind people like you and Uniting New York and all and all these great groups around the country that are fighting. But there is no oversight of judges, it appears. It appears that judges can do whatever they want. And uh, I have never, I've been looking, I don't think, first of all, judges can get impeached. I don't think they ever are. I, I, at least I haven't seen many things like that. But there is no oversight group. There's no citizen. There's no government. There's no oversight of these judges. And and nobody can go ask these judges, why was there no standing in a case that clearly violates with, with a wide brush uh, hundreds of millions of people's um, constitutional and, and rights. What, what is the, over, uh, what do judges have no one to answer to at all? Is there anyone that, that I don't understand? I don't think most people, but I certainly don't understand when a judge is totally rogue or totally, you know, malpractice or whatever, what happens? Yeah. So with, so there are two different court systems, generally speaking in our country, we have the state courts, um, which are created and run by each state. And then there is the federal court system. So in the federal court system, the judges are appointed. So whether it's your trial level court, which is that first level when you're starting a litigation against somebody, that's called the trial court level. Whether it's that first level or it's the appellate level or it's the Supreme Court of the United States, yeah. in the federal system, they're all appointed by the president. Um, whereas in state courts and, and states vary from one state to the next, but like I said before, here in New York state, only that trial court level of judge is elected by the people. Now that's really the best way to have oversight yeah. over judges is, well, they have to be elected, right? They have to be fair enough in their decisions. They have to be tough on crime, but not too tough on crime. They have to be fair in their civil case decisions, uh, you know, not favoring one type of person or, right. or you know, corporate America over the little guy or, you know, whatever it is. When you see that the people are okay with the judge's decisions, more or less, you know, they'll get reelected. But when you go up in New York State, for example, to the appellate division, or you go up to our highest court, the Court of Appeals, and they're appointed, there's nothing you can do there because those judges, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, you can get a new governor, but then you have to wait for a vacancy on that particular bench for the new governor to then appoint somebody in. So, you know, it is, and pe most people don't realize when you're electing a governor, it's not just about who's the governor of your right. state. That's such a good It's point. also things like, well, they also, in New York state, at least, they get to appoint a large majority of the judges in the state. Oh, I hope you're enjoying the show. I was just talking on my new Patriot mobile service. I have to tell you, I'm so excited. They are incredible. They are America first. They they align with my values. And you know what? It's unlimited minutes, unlimited text, Wi-Fi calling, unlimited data, high speed, everything that you could use, just like everyone else. We have our time, we have our vote, and we have our money. And the great thing about Patriot Mobile is your service will be exactly the same. Difference with Patriot Mobile is they are an America first company. And what they do is they reinvest their money into causes that matter to me and matter to you and matter to this nation. At Patriot Mobile, those causes are the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, the Constitution, and our children's future. So please go to themelkshow.com. Patriot Mobile is a partner of ours. Please use the code MELK. What I can tell you too is that they are supporting me and they are supporting creators because they believe in the First Amendment. They believe that censorship is wrong and they are going to put their money where their mouth is. Do what you can for the creators out there that are doing what I'm doing. Please go to Patriot Mobile, Mel K Show. 
All I can say is thank you so much, guys. Supporting my partners supports me, and Patriot Mobile is absolutely awesome. I checked them out. We're switching to Patriot Mobile, and we hope you do too. Thank you so much. This is why. How can the courts not be political if it's like? And and when they do it now, because the the, the parties are so. Uh, even though I think it's a uniparty at the top, the parties, uh, especially statewide, they're so combative. It's like, you know, it's funny. George Washington didn't want parties and he he warned about this kind of stuff, that if there were parties, eventually the parties would only be about the parties and every every turn of a party would turn into them getting vengeance on the other on the party from last time and back and forth. And that's what's happening with these judges. We'll see in circus that happens with Supreme Court nominations. But people have to understand this is everywhere. And this is why I think, honestly, um, we have to start we the people reading and knowing what our state constitutions say and fighting to reverse some of this stuff state by state. I, I think, all, like you're saying, but I think all judges should be elected uh, and, and and probably by their the, the, the people that surround wherever they are, uh, wherever their jurisdiction is, uh, should have say on these judges. But certainly there should be a um, some kind of citizens panel. I mean, this is all stuff that we have to change. But if we went back to the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, you know, a lot of this stuff is really comes down to the states if you if you can fight it. And it's it's local people and like New York, uniting New York. I was with them in, in uh, Times Square during the um, when there was a rally. I spoke in the in the very beginning of the lockdowns. RFK Jr. was there. Lots of people. There were lots. There's lots of great groups in New York. Um that went after election and all of that. But we, the people of the United States, do not read our our federal, our real constitution for the United States. But most people don't even know or, or care to read their state constitution. And that is where I think we can actually start to fight some of this stuff. Um, because not only that, uh, we we really need to, we the people need to do this. But there should be a lot more lawyers like you out there, and there aren't. Like I said before we came on, I don't know why you and I are around the same age. I'm sure like every third of your friends <laughs> me ended up going to law school, I felt like. Or, you know, especially where I went to college, it was like most people wanted to go to grad school and everyone was going to law school. And where are these people? You know, so um, when you were digging into this, you found another case, a, a parental case uh, that is along the same lines. And again, this goes is going to go to judges. And it's not going to be about the merits of the case. Maybe it might be about, you know, politics. So can you talk a little bit about now you found this new case and I people need to understand. And this is state by state. Right, Bobby? It's not these these are state things and people in every state in every county can get involved. And, and I think people don't realize that the state is where they have power. Yeah, it's really important that people get involved locally. You know, a lot of times people just look at what's going on at the federal level, um, I guess, because that's just what, you know, mainstream media, you know, the alphabet media likes to focus on federal issues, what's going on or international issues when they want to draw your attention away from, you know, what's going on in our country. Um, <laughs> but but honestly, the state level is really important, um, even more local, even your county level. Right. You know, no matter what state you live in, yeah. even your county level is super important because this is where you have the day to day. You know, what are the ordinances? What can you do? What can't you do? You know, and if you have a strong enough local or state, then when something comes down from the federal government, that's just completely crazy. You know, the state or again, the local, more local, the county can say, well, ho, hold on a second here. What's going on? You know, and, and like as you referenced earlier, um, you know, there are some state attorneys general who are pushing back yeah. on behalf of the people right. um, and may and doing various lawsuits uh, against the Biden administration um, and, and others um, to try to enforce our rights and enforce the Constitution or our federal laws, which Biden administration is refusing to enforce. Um, but you're right. If we had, you know, thousands of yeah. attorneys doing that instead of just maybe hundreds across the country, yeah, which is what there probably is, maybe just, you know, hundreds in 50 different states. Yeah, it's crazy. If we had thousands or tens of thousands, we would be in such a more powerful position of keeping our rights, preserving our, our constitution and getting those rights back. Because 
you know, what's happened, which I think is very clear at this point in time, and probably you think it's very clear too, is that the government bit by bit over not just the last few years, it's been decades, has been overreaching, overreaching, overstepping, going more and more into your personal life, into an area where they're not allowed to regulate. And they're doing it and they're getting away with it because people don't know their rights. And when you don't know your rights, you don't know that you can push back and say, hang on, you, you can't do that. That is not in your repertoire of power. I didn't, I, right, part of we the people right. didn't give you that power. People have to remember the Constitution was written to keep the government in check. It wasn't written to keep the people in check. So the Constitution is supposed to be um, a codification of our rights. And we give the government the power that we want them to have. So it is not the other way around. We should not be cowering in fear of, oh, my goodness, what is the government going to do next? No, <laughs> no, right. that's not how it works. Right. People just have to get back to understanding that that's not how it works. Yeah, I think it was Madison who said that. I think Madison said, uh, when the people fear the government, it's tyranny. When the government fears the people, it's freedom. And the truth of the matter is that we have forgotten that. And a lot of it is um, distraction and, and thinking somebody else is going to do it. And the other thing, I understand the people, I, I do understand, I don't, I don't respect it, but I do understand a lot of the lawyers that are scared to maybe um, support Trump or any of the people, Jack Smith, or, or those people are going after anyone that the Biden regime is going after. I understand that they have a very hard time getting lawyers because of Project 65 and the 18 attorneys that questioned elections that are now they're trying to destroy their lives. What happened to John Eastman is as an example is, is what I get that. I don't get it on the state level. I don't get it on the local level. I don't know why these local smaller firms aren't looking at this as an opportunity to help their firm and their reputation with the people who would be their, their clients someday and say, you know, we stand for this. You know, I remember, you know, when people sponsor like Little League or something like that, you're going to see law firms names everywhere. But, you know, you would think that this is an excellent opportunity for an upstanding, you know, law firm that has a lot more. You're a single lawyer. You put you put your own money into this, your own time, your own effort. You and I know that there's law firms all over New York State that have plenty of money and they could just in their small pro bono situation say that this is our standing for the people department, you know, or even come to you and say, here, we're going to give you this amount of money uh, as, as a donation to keep going. It's 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 this law. It's the entire, you know. Lawyers have a very bad reputation, but I think watching what you're doing and not seeing more people stand up like you, is is even worse because now they have an opportunity. A lot of these lawyers out there, and they're watching it, and they're watching you, and and a lot of people. I have my sister's a lawyer. I have friends that are, that know who you are, know what you're doing, and say, well, thank God for her, or thank God for Tom Renz, or thank God for you know these people that continue to stand for the people, but. Why aren't they? And and it's it's very disturbing. And again, the other um, situation that you have, this is happening all over the country as well. And and what I think what you have done is you've exposed to a lot of people around the country that they probably have something. If it's a blue state for sure in their uh, state that is going on like this. And uh, have you found other cases of other people from other states come to you or not so much? Yeah. So other attorneys um, around. The country have reached out, but also uh, internationally, uh, attorneys have reached out because they are seeing what's going on in their country, right. um, and particularly with the quarantines and the complete overreach. Um, they've reached out to me since since we first won this case, you know, a year and a half ago, yeah. um, and have asked, you know, can you share your information? What was your legal theory? You know, how did you win? And I have been very much involved with, excuse me, very much involved with trying to help other attorneys. I mean, I've shared my my yeah. legal briefs with them. I've done, you know, um, presentations on Zoom to them um, and tried to help them. But, you know, the really the main thing is, is like what you're saying, it's not, it, it people don't really understand that 
how time consuming litigation is. You know, I'll just give a brief example um, with this quarantine case. You know, the attorney general who, you know, has hundreds of attorneys across the state yeah. and all of our tax dollars to fight cases like this, um, you know, one brief that that they have filed in this case had about 40 cases in it that it cited to. So me as the attorney, I have to pull every single one of those 40 cases that they cite to. I oh, have to boy. read those 40 cases that they cite. And then I have to go back to their brief and see how are they using this case. And then I have to rebut it in my brief. And I have to say, well, they used this case, but they shouldn't have used that case because they're trying to say that that case helps their argument because X, Y, and Z. And I'm going to explain to you now why that case hurts their argument and actually helps my argument. You know, so you have to do that in one brief. You've got 40 cases that they cite to, you know, so it takes not hours. It takes weeks. Right. And they have, and have like these firms that. that I'm talking about. They have 20 mm -hmm. associates and then they have a whole bunch of paralegals that do that. Yeah. You spent you, you you did not sleep. <laughs> you haven't slept yeah. in two years because you've right. been doing it. And I, 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 right. I honestly I know that that's the, the case. And yet still, I'm shocked that people don't get it. And also, you're very generous with your Substack, and you put a lot of information out there on your Substack as well for other attorneys that would want to do this. I just, I cannot understand um, the attorneys around this country that that love this country not saying it's it's a hill worth dying on. Let them come after me. But on the state level, that's not really going to happen. But you could use so much help. I'm 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 saying this to retired attorneys out there, the retired paralegals, paralegals. You know, people that went to law school and practice and dropped out. Where are you? Um, we need this on every level in every county. Things could be filed. Let me ask you a question about this too. You might or might not know the answer, but I've been talking a lot about sheriffs who are also elected, and the sheriffs really. After the government, um, the main government, the sheriffs have a lot of power that they I don't think they use. I don't I, maybe they don't know the amount of power that they have. But I think that in a lot of these um, counties, there are actually some counties that don't have a sheriff. And I tell everyone, if your county does not have a sheriff, you better go figure out how to demand that they do and then make sure that that sheriff is like not funded by George Soros. But um the sheriffs around this country should be able to also say, I'm not enforcing that. Like when the when the federal government comes into our a state, uh, you know, or into a jurisdiction, because I know that this happened in a couple of places during COVID where the sheriff said, we're not going to enforce it. Or when they're trying to take the Second Amendment, some sheriffs are like, we're not going to enforce it. Can sheriffs do anything about this stuff? Or are they really that they're, they're once the law is the law that they their kind of hands are tied? Yeah, you know, sheriffs do have, um, you know, their own authorities and powers and whatnot. Um, and and that can vary from state to state. But, you know, the main thing really is nobody's going to, like you said before, nobody's going to just come in and, and save you, right? Uh, people have to really get involved. People yeah. have to understand what's going on around them. And getting by what I mean by get involved, there are a thousand things you can do. You don't right. have to be a lawyer and file a lawsuit, right? You, you don't have to sit there for weeks on end reading, you know, cases and filing briefs. You know, <laughs> that's not the only way to get involved. Right. You know, you can do very simple things. Like if you stay informed, share the information that you are learning, right? Everybody's got social media today. Everybody's got email chats with their friends and family. Everybody's got text chats with their friends or WhatsApp or whatever, you know, yeah. take the information you are learning and share it with other people. Um, people can also get involved by volunteering on someone's campaign that you believe in. Right. You know, if, if somebody that you know, who's already in office or is running for office and you share their values help them out. I mean, every campaign in no matter if it's like school board campaign or you're running for Congress, they need help. They need yep. volunteers. They need people to make phone calls for them or right. you know, hand out palm cards or, you know, put lawn signs up on people's lawns and say, there's always something that you can do to help. And, you know, for people that don't have time to volunteer or to, you know, stay informed or to make a donation. You know, make a donation to whether it's an 
organization, uh, whether it's, you know, supporting your work, whether it's supporting my work, people should make a donation if they have the means to do so. Yeah. And a um, small donation goes a long way. And like we're saying, like you're saying about the lawsuits and I say, you know, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of people that are being lawfared on the Donald Trump level. And I'll tell you right now, the government has unlimited money and that money actually is ours. And the people that they, one of the big things about lawfare and probably about your case too, is they feel like they're going to wear you down and they'll wear you down and then they, and, and they postpone and they postpone and people financially can't afford it. And so even, um, and I say this about all the lawyers, especially you, it's like, I don't care where you are in the country, a win for uh, Bobby Ann Cox is a win for this nation. It's a win for con the constitution and people. And I think it's really important that people understand uh, $5, $10, $20, $100, whatever, whatever you can afford, it keeps us going against, I believe, a fully tyrannical, corrupt government. Because the scariest part about what you're fighting right there is we already know that there's overreach. I mean, I'm sure you're watching the 702 thing. Since the Patriot Act, they've been spying on anyone and everyone without warrants. There's a list of 700,000 people that I'm probably on uh, that, you know, are on this list. I have friends that have those SSSS again across the bottom of their plane tickets that they know that they're on some kind of, you know, security list as domestic terrorists. They've never done anything. They have maybe a show like mine or they did did some kind of march, you know. So we are at a place where if it hasn't come for you yet, it is. It's creeping tyranny. And and what they what Bobby Ann Cox and her and her team are fighting is about stopping that creeping tyranny uh, from all sides. So let's get into because I'm keeping you really long and I know you're not feeling well. So I appreciate you coming because people really need to know this and figure out how to support, follow you and also emulate what you're doing around the country. Um, and you're right. You don't need to be a lawyer to file this stuff. You just need to want to take the time and invest and learn. And and all everything is online now. There's really no excuse. You can even learn how to write an amicus brief on YouTube. <laughs> I hate to say it, but you can. Um, but uh, so let's go into. So through all of this work, now you found a parental rights, parental rights equality case. I mean, the fact that, that that this parental thing has become something real in America and that there's so many Democrats who aren't even Democrats in my mind, but Democrats that are, are, are for taking away parental rights or even redefining what parents are, you know, this whole socialism, Marxism thing, people don't understand. There's no property rights to these people, like what you were talking about before. That's probably the Democratic Socialists of America that were saying, well, you don't have to pay your rent because those people that have this property, they don't deserve to have this property. It should be taken away and given to the government, which is exactly what happened to a lot of your clients during COVID. Uh, either banks like or Blackstone or BlackRock were buying up things all over the country, especially in New York City. I was watching it myself. But tenants were staying. The owners are the ones that got their property taken away. So what is um, the uh, situation with the parental rights case on top of that, that she is also working on? Again, uh, really important to support her, but uh, go ahead. Yeah. So a colleague um, of mine, Chris Brown, and I followed, filed a lawsuit about two months ago against New York State because um, the Democrat supermajority run New York State legislature is planning to put a um, constitutional amendment on the ballot in 2024 for New Yorkers to vote on to change our constitution. They make it sound all chipper and cheery and call it, you know, equal rights, you know, but when you really look at it and understand where they're going, it's, it's against parental rights. And um, it is a process, so we have a process in New York State of how you can change our constitution. Obviously, there's a procedure. Um, they did not follow the procedure properly. And so my colleague and I filed a lawsuit basically saying, you missed a step, you didn't do this part right, and therefore you need to start all over again if you wanna make this an, an actual proper amendment to the constitution. So um, we just filed, so we're still waiting to hear back. You know, we haven't received their reply papers yet. Um, but this is the kind of thing that we see all the time happening, not just in New York. Right. We see it in other states, and we oh, yeah. definitely see it on the federal level. They're not following the Constitution. They think we can just do what we want. And if you want to stop us, come get us. Right. It, it's, yeah. it's, I wrote a very popular um, Substack article 
article called Catch Me If You Can. Oh yeah, it and was in my newsletter. Thing. I shared it was great. And I, I suggest <laughs> everyone go go find that. Um, it's really important. It's really scary. And and you and I both know that's not what's really going on in New York. They're really socialist Democrats of America running most of New York City right now. And and they come in like you said. It's all fair. What is the equality issue? With is this about LGBTQ plus or or any of that? What what is the it's what is it? Yeah, it's about everything. You know, they throw everything in there. It's that. It's um, you know, age, uh, you know, you can't discriminate against, you know, minors basically, which means what, what are you doing? You're giving minors rights and then the parents right. can't come in and, you yeah. know, say, Oh no, not, you're not doing that to my child. It's like, well, well, you know, the constitution, they have a constitutional right, right you know? Um, and also, oh yeah, it's a very interesting term pregnancy outcomes. That, that, that's the wording that they use. You can't discriminate against somebody for their pregnancy outcomes. And if you look and watch the state Senate hearings about this proposed amendment to our state constitution, um, the state senator, my state senator, unfortunately, um, gets up and starts saying, well, oh yeah, pregnancy outcomes, you know, anybody should be able to come to New York state and have an abortion whenever they want. You know, I mean, they just blatantly, openly make it about, you know, uh, uh, um, abortion and, and the right, to, right know, the hot button like, issue. Yeah. And, and, but then they throw everything else in. And again, this is about minors going against their parents and the, and the government saying that that's okay. Like that it's their right to help the minor, uh, reject whatever the parent is saying. And this is, it's so dangerous on so many levels. I saw that they're trying to also make it legal for, uh, 16, 17, 18 year olds to vote in New York. I, I, that's that's coming down the pike all over the country. It's Aliana Presley. And people have to understand also these socialists, socialist Democrats of America, don't forget what the, what the, the Nazi party is, also a socialist workers party. They don't believe in private property. They include children as private property. And um, I have a friend that uh, infiltrated some of these socialist events and um, there's thousands of people there. And, and, you know, she said that when she went there and she's like a, kind of being a spy kind of um, the person that got on stage, I think Bill Ayers was like the, of course, uh, was like the keynote and Angela Davis and all these people. And it's for socialists of America. And um, they asked how many people in this room are in the teaching profession and like 87 percent of the hands went up. And, you know, that's that's very scary because that's where the, a lot of this is coming from. And I'm glad you're fighting that. But if you look at what they believe, they truly believe that children are private property and it should be abolished that parents have private property, including their kids. And this is not I'm not making that up. So you can go look it up. It, it, it's straight out of on their websites and stuff. And the nuclear family is a problem. So I'm really glad you're fighting that. Um I don't know what's going to happen, but that's a good thing also to mention to people out there that feel like doing the research and the work in their local community. Look at some of these bills they're putting through and then look at the law. You know, that's a good that's a good way to also do that. There's just so much you can do. And, and you know, I also say that I don't care that, that you know who your local representatives are. I want them to know who you are. I think people should be constantly showing up and being a, you know, that squeaky wheel. If we had hundreds of people in every county that showed up, spoke up, watched all these people's websites, watch what they're passing, watch what contracts they're going into, all of that. We just had citizen oversight, every county on that level, really watching what you do. Um, and then and then helping you uh, spread the word, you know, we'd be in a lot different place. So um, last thing mm -hmm. I want to ask you is um, what you've given a lot of of what people could do. What uh, is happening for you going forward? You have a bunch of things coming up, but in your own perspective of what's coming up in 2024, what are the stakes for our country as we go forward? Because it's oh, not left or right, huge. Republican or Democrat. It's really about freedom or tyranny in my mind. Absolutely. The stakes are huge. Uh, you know, in 2024, of course, we have a presidential election. Um, we also have a congressional election. Um, and here in New York, one of our state, or sorry, one of our U.S. senators is up for election. Um, so that seat, I'd love to see that seat flip. I mean, we've had you know, oh, everybody knows you. Chuck Schumer has been in, in Congress since 1984. 
Um, but this other uh, U.S. senator that we have, um, she she's been there for a couple decades. I mean, it, it it's just horrendous. But we also have in New York State specifically every single New York state Senator and every single New York state assembly member is up for election in 2024. We literally have the opportunity to wipe the slate clean in New York state. If we want to do that. And I highly recommend we get rid of, I would say um, probably 90% of the Democrats in the New York state legislature. And by the way, for anybody that wants to, you know, say, oh, you're such a right wing crazy. I'm a Democrat. Okay. So, you know, I, I, I love These that. Aren't Democrats. Are like, oh. They're not Democrats. They're, they're not, they, they were, they right. were included and, and, and recruited and selected. A lot of this is it, the democratic party. I feel very sad for people. It's a, it's a, it's a party full of people that are um, homeless right now, in my opinion. Yeah. Definitely. The, what we're seeing, you're right. It's not Democrats. It's, it's definitely not their traditional, you know, yeah. middle of the road, you know, people's rights. Uh, you know, Democrats used to be the, the the body. They used to be the party of small government. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine? Can and you and imagine? again, it's, yeah, it's a lot of that external money. It's the money that's fighting you. I don't know why Hochul and Letitia James are fighting, uh, what you're doing, but I'm telling you, it's not coming from them. It's coming above them. And we have a globalist billionaire oligarchy that's funding a lot of this. A lot of the people in New York, they are funded straight up through, uh, if not uh, George Soros directly, Arabella or one of the other groups or Zuckerberg Chan. People should be asking themselves, why are globalists getting involved in my my local elections or my state elections? Because that's really what's happening here. Um, so that's it's right. really important. Now, the last thing I just want to want to touch on, um, you know, they're doing the redistricting thing again in New York. I'm sure they're doing it all over the country. I know that Mark Elias and also uh, what's his name? Former attorney general of, of Obama in their thing is, is changing the maps, the election maps all over the place. So you're also fighting that, too. And that is something that everyone in America should be looking at right now. Even before the primary, you should be looking at what outside forces are trying to change the maps, uh, electoral maps. So just real quick. And then I'm so sorry I kept you so long, but um, I'll let you go after that. But can you just tell people what that is and what they should look for? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am not the attorney on this redistricting case right. here in New York State, but I am the head of an organization um, called Stop New York Corruption. And um, specifically, we are trying to raise awareness about this issue because it is so crucial The the um, maps in New York State, the congressional maps are supposed to be drawn once every 10 years in accordance with our census, right? So that's what our New York State Constitution says. We had the census in uh, 2020. Then we were supposed to draw the maps, which we did in 2021. But there was a problem because when the redistricting commission, who as per our New York State Constitution is supposed to draw the maps, when they couldn't come to a consensus on the map, the legislature stepped in. Okay, and the legislature is not allowed to step in and draw the maps after the IRC, the commission, couldn't do it on the first round. That goes against our our constitution. Clearly violates our constitution. They stepped in. They drew the maps. Supermajority Democrat. They drew maps that were completely gerrymandered. In fact, they started calling them hokelmandered maps because they were just so obviously gerrymandered. Um, And so a lawsuit was brought last year and those maps were struck down as unconstitutional. The court appointed an independent special master who drew the maps. We had the 2022 elections based on those independently drawn maps. And um, we saw some of the most competitive races in the country happen right here in New York state because of that. Um, But the Democrats didn't like that because they lost four seats in the House of Representatives here in New York State. Those seats went to Republicans. The Democrats lost the House of Representative majority. And so what did they do? They brought a lawsuit this year in 2023 okay. to try to get the maps thrown out and redrawn. So it's unbelievable. Now- yeah, it is unbelievable. Now the case has gone up to the Court of Appeals. We're expecting a hear a, a ruling on this any day now, but they they are not 
even trying to hide it. They brought this lawsuit because, not because they're challenging that the maps are unconstitutional that were drawn last year by the special master. They brought the lawsuit because they want a do-over. They, they, they're trying to argue, well, the map from last year, that was just for the 2022 election. No, the constitution says once you draw the maps, they stay for 10 years. We are not supposed to have new maps until after the 2030 census. That is what our constitution says, but they don't care about the constitution. So, you know, it's just another example of this overreach, this entitlement, this idea of these political elites don't need to follow the constitution. They don't need to listen to the will of the people. It's horrendous. You know, even the League of Women Voters filed an amicus brief last year for the lawsuit and said, look, follow the Constitution. You know, you are not supposed to allow the legislature to draw the maps. That's how we used to do it in New York State. The legislature did draw the maps. But then in 2014, we amended our Constitution here in New York State. And we said no more with the legislature because we don't want gerrymandered maps. We made a special IRC, an independent redistricting commission that is part of our constitution now since 2014. And the IRC is a commission. It's it's a group. It's half Democrat, half Republican. They are supposed to make the maps and not the legislature. So, you know, it, this is not a partisan thing. Again, no. not no, at all. Again, this is about power to the people or power to the government. They, they, this is an upside down country and the people that have power right now will do anything by any means necessary to keep it. But the problem with that is the things like your your original lawsuit are part of their their goals are are really full on totalitarian tyranny. I, I just I don't know how anyone doesn't see it. And it's not an American thing. It is all over the world. This is happening. People need to realize I feel like left of center, right of center, probably 30 percent on each side of whatever center exists anymore, probably agree on almost everything. They just don't know it because we're, we're, we're never it's always like you said, those hot button issues. People only pay attention to that. They only pay attention to federal. and And because of that, they don't realize not only are their neighbors not their enemies, but that we have a common enemy, and that common enemy is, is trying to rip up our Constitution, Bill of Rights, our sovereignty, our borders, everything that all Americans should be able to align behind all of this stuff. And the things that we don't agree on, we can deal with when we, the people, take back power. And that's a lot of work. But uh, Bobby Ann Cox is doing that work for all of us. I am so grateful to you. Uh, it was very early on in this journey when um, you and I were connected and I'm really, really grateful and I've watched you and I see people all over the world and the country um, cheering you on. So I am, I'm just so honored to have you again. And I, I consider you a friend and a great, great, great person um, just to the core. You did the right thing because it was the right thing to do. And I know it cost you a lot of money and time and effort and energy. Um, and people don't have extra and and you didn't either. And and now this is where you are. And I, I can't I can't thank you enough from my own heart. And also having been having had to leave New York because it's so corrupt and such a disaster. Um, I'm glad you're still fighting for the family and friends I have there and for the country. So if you can tell everyone where to follow you, I highly recommend uh, I read Bobby Ann Cox's um, uh, Substack anytime she puts something out. It's really, really an amazing uh, place to go for what is going on legally that could can really help you. And also remember, everything that you learned today, she told you three different things going on that they're working on in New York is probably in your county and state as well. So uh, please look into uh, everything she's doing and then look into your state and see what's happening. So go ahead and tell everyone how to follow you, fi- find you and support you. And, and you're aligned with some really awesome groups as well that could use support. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, so if people want to follow my Substack, I do write an article once a week. And if you sign up on Substack.com, um, my article will automatically email right into your inbox. So um, it's attorney Cox spelled C-O-X, attorneycox.substack.com. Or you can just go on substack.com and just type in my name, Bobby Ann Cox, and and my page will come up. Um, And then if people want to follow me on social media, uh, I am on Twitter, um, X, whatever it's called. Um, And my handle there is um, at attorney underscore Cox, C-O-X. 
um, which I'm severely um, censored on Twitter. I think uh, I have join like the club. 5, join the club. They don't like girls like us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have like five thousand followers. I'm the same and we're like this thing's broken, man. It's not working. You don't have many followers, you know. So, me too. Me too. Don't not, worry. I get it. <laughs> if you follow me on Twitter, um, that's really helpful because I post um, really just informational stuff. Yeah. A lot of times it's legal, um, you know, what's yeah, going on awesome. in the legal world. So just, you know, retweet it so other people can understand and share the information. Um, and yeah, I mean, I have a donate button on my website, great. which um, it would be great if people are yeah. is so inclined. Um, you just go to coxlawyers.com and click on the donate button there. And, um, you know, I'm doing actually the, so I'm doing the, obviously the quarantine case pro bono, but I'm also doing um, this, um, th this unconstitutional against parental rights lawsuit pro bono. Uh, my wow. colleague and I have been handling it on a I don't know. I feel like at this point. so um, yeah, if people can go to coxlawyers.com and, and support me, that would be very helpful. Um, yes. But thank you for having me on again, Mel. It's really great to oh, be here. And keep up I'm your honored. work. It's, it's, it's so my wonderful. honor. I have to tell you, there are so I, I'm, there are so few people out there that I carry and pray for in my heart that they that they're okay and that they're getting the money they need and the support they need because the amount of time, effort, and energy that you have put into these all of these causes for no other reason but you love this country and freedom and god and judicial system and you know you want it to work properly is uh is a feat amongst itself and i know you're getting recognition for it but you could never get enough and uh, i really do say to people at this christmas season if you want to support somebody out there who has given their life to try to you know right a lot of wrongs and uh, give power back to the people please do visit uh, all of the links below and uh, help bobby and cox out going forward and please subscribe to our substack it is uh it's been worth your time Thank you so much my friend Thank and i'll you. see you again and merry christmas and uh, i'll Thank see you in you. 2024 i'm sure more than <laughs> more than we Absolutely. would like you know <laughs> Absolutely. All good things, right? Let's Thank keep you. it, let's keep it on the upswing. <laughs> I know you're so the much. best. I'll see you soon. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. I don't know about you, but I feel a lot better being prepared for whatever's coming. Every day I hear something new. You, something's coming from the CDC. Something's coming from the FDA. The who's trying to take over our healthcare system. All this craziness. And what I know is that one man really changed my life, how I look at everything that's happening to me health-wise. And that was Dr. Zelenko. He was a good friend of mine, a good friend of the show. And he came up with the most amazing product. Z-Stack has been a game changer for us. We have not been sick since we've been on it. We take it regularly. If we feel like we're coming down with something, we'll double up. But he has all new products over at the website. God rest his soul. He did not leave us unprepared. And that is very important for you to prepare. So he's got Z-Shield. He's got a kid Z-Stack, which is awesome. He's got Z-Flu, Z-Detox. He's got all kinds of things. He always said to me, your, your immune system must be clean, resilient, and resistant. This matters the most. And what I can say on top of that is that he supported me. He supported free speech. He supported medical freedom. He supported personal liberty and everything that I believe in, he believed in. He inspired me to be myself, to speak up, to speak out. And what matters is that you are feeling healthy, whole, clean, clear, focused, and that your immune system is protected from anything that comes our way. And Z-Stack is the best way to do that. Please stock up on Z-Stack. Go to themelkeshow.com. Go to our partners page, goes down to Z-Stack. That also supports the show. When you buy from our partners, these great people, especially Dr. Zelenko, who's dear to me, you are supporting the show and keeping us going. And I know that truth, freedom, and the First Amendment matter to you. They mattered to him. They mattered to me. So make sure you're always healthy. You're always out there. You're always standing up. Be brave. Courage is contagious. The narrative is falling apart, but as it does, there's so much of this fraudulent disinformation, misinformation, censorship coming from the globalists. And what we need to do is be focused on the facts, cut through everything, be discerning, and get it first and foremost out there to everyone. It is important that you know what is going on. Censorship is getting nuts. You guys know it. There's accounts all over the place that are fake, that are not me. I know you guys send me emails and I really appreciate it. And you report it and it's on Telegram and Instagram and Twitter and they're not me. So I'm super excited to announce We the People with Mel Kay. Be the first to join 
It's a VIP community, just you and me behind a paywall, no trolls, no nothing. We get to know each other. I will give you the facts first. I break a lot of stories a long time before other people. We can talk about past, present, future, history, what we're doing now, solutions for going forward, what 2024 is gonna look like. I'm gonna do breaking news, do a lot of deep dives. I'm gonna bring that information to you guys first in a live Q&A every week. So please click the link below and join me over there. We are going to create a community, a community that is censorship proof, it's cancel proof, it's truth, it's transparency, it's on the road to God, country, justice, everything that we want in one place. This is the most incredible, amazing time to be alive. As hard as it seems and as difficult as the battle has been for you guys and definitely for me, all I know is that we all are part of the solution. We are all involved and invested and you guys have the passion that I have. So let's join together on live Q and A's once a week with me, Mel Kay, we the people of the United States taking back this nation. This is so exciting guys. I've been dying to do this and we finally got the technology right. So please join me. Click the link below. Can't wait to get started.